0: Great day, everyone, and welcome to Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University, Class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you today. The purpose of Thank God for Monday is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace. In these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times, motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as to have utilized the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcomes. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God, for Monday is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. And as such, today we have a most special guest. His name is Sean O'Keefe. Sean is the founder, partner, and chief impact officer for Career Launch. He is also the author of a very enlightening book, Launch Your Career, How Any Student Can Create Relationships with Professionals and land the jobs and the internships they want. Hello and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Sean.
1: Brother Greg, so great to be here with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, The honor is all ours. We've only got 30 minutes, sadly, so it's okay with you. We're jumping right into the deep end of the pool. Let's do it. Thank you, thank you. Now, I heard something I couldn't believe and I really need you to validate. Is it true you, Sean O'Keefe, took a two hundred thousand dollar pay cut to become a professor. If this is true, why would you do such a thing?
1: Yeah, that that, that is uh, that is accurate. Um, wow, so I'm going to tell you a little a little uh, history uh, to provide some context to how, how I how I got there. When I went to college, I started at community college. I transferred to a four year public university. And received a a bachelor's degree in communication, and I barely had a 3.0. And I'll come back to that time of life in just a second. In my mid 20s, I went back to school and I received, you know, to to earn an MBA from a Jesuit school in Silicon Valley called Santa Clara University.
0: Wow, what a great school.
1: And while I was going uh, to get my MBA, I had a conversation with the dean. Because the dean, I, I was on the study abroad trip to China and Korea. And on the f- plane flight to Korea, I had dumb luck. And out of 30 students, I had the seat on the plane next to the dean. <laughs> and at the time, I was working in a very competitive industry. I was working in professional sports in the front office. And during this long flight to, from California to Korea, he said to me, Sean, who hooked you up with your job? And um, I was slightly offended, actually, by the way the terminology he used in the question because (laughs) he said, who hooked you up? He assumed that I had to have a connection because it's such a competitive industry. So for me, I wanted to work in professional sports at that time of my life. You know, listeners to your show, they might want to get into nursing or banking or firefighting. I mean, there's a lot of competitive popular you know, vocations. And so um, you might hear me talk about my particular industry, but really the, the experience that I had is, is true for, for so, so many others throughout the country. So as a junior in college, as an undergraduate, I'm sitting in class one day and I'm taking a sports management class. And the professor says, I have good news. Um, I have five internships to hand out with professional sports teams this summer with organizations that uh, up and down the West Coast. Who who in here would be interested in a paid internship with the professional sports team? Wow. Well, you can imagine every single student <laughs> has a class full of sports management minors. Um, well, he had three classes of 60 students, and so five internships to hand out. So he said, the only fair way I know how to give out these internships is to the students with the best grades. Well, Brother Greg, my head went down, my shoulders shrunk, because I knew I was not in the closest <laughs> Oh, the closest wow! Of top five students. However, he went on to say, if you consider yourself a hard worker, come to my office hours, and I will teach you and I will increase your chances of landing an internship in professional sports. Uh, even if you have no connections and you don't have the best grades. I was like, okay, well, that's me. I, you know, I'm always <laughs> working. And, and so, um, through some conversations, he suggested that I zig one other zag. And, and what he meant by that was reaching out to professionals and being smart about who exactly you're reaching out to. Even if you've never met the person, which in the book I've called cold networking, um, And and reach out to those people and try and get a get a have a conversation, which we now call career conversations. For the last 30 years, higher education has used the term informational interview. Yes. Um, But I would encourage everyone out there that's listening today. The first piece of advice I can give you when you do proactive networking, proactive strategic networking, also called cold networking, you don't want to ask for an informational interview you want to ask for a career conversation. There's two big benefits to, for, for, to do so. One is we found that students have less anxiety when they use the term career conversation because the word interview just generates stress for some people, sure. even though the word informational is in front of it. Um, but maybe more importantly, the second reason is that we did some studies and looked at the data and we had students send the same emails, make the same phone calls, send the same LinkedIn messages and just change the terminology from informational interview to career conversation and the rate of success of getting a yes went way up. Oh my goodness. So that really um, interesting. I got some great advice from this particular professor and because of the advice, I followed it and it was scary as heck. I had butterflies in my stomach when I was doing this cold, strategic, intentional outreach. Um, but I thought I really wanted to tell all my buddies that I could get an intern. I was going to have an internship that summer with a professional sports team. So, you know, even though it was, it was, it was anxiety inducing to do this stuff called, you know, proactive networking, I knew that it could potentially pay off. And I wasn't going to be the type of student who was going to get a uh, an internship by applying to online. Right. And at, at the time I didn't know, which I tell students all the time. Now you and I know as leaders, but most students don't know that 80% of all jobs are in what's called the hidden job market. Sure. They are not advertised on LinkedIn or careerbuilder.com or indeed.com, Craigslist or your handshake or whatever, you know, school resource your college may provide. Um, they, you know, the, the jobs are in internships are, are earned by knowing someone. But what if you don't have a family member or someone in your sphere of influence to make an introduction for you? Well, the good news is you're not out of luck, and that's why um, I was so profoundly impacted by that professor helping te- teaching me to do career conversations. And, and I landed three internships while I was in college. Oh, wow. wow. The San Francisco Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Oakland Athletics. Wow. And two of the three internships were never posted online. They were in the hidden job market. And those three internships allowed me to build relationships, do a great job, you know, in my internships and then get a full time offer after I graduated. So fast forward to this plane flight to, to Korea. And I'm sitting on the plane next to the Dean of business school. When he says who hooked you up with your job, I think hopefully now you can imagine I was slightly offended because there I did not get hooked up. I created sure. out of scratch. And so I told him on that flight, I was so thankful for having this um, professor teach me during office hours, I felt like I was given a gift and the way I was raised and my faith and my values, this is something that I can pay forward to the world Aww. at some point. And I didn't know how that was going to manifest at the time. I was, you know, 27 years old, working full time, going to get my MBA at night. And because teaching doesn't pay well um, as a non-tenure track, at least um, and I'm living in the San Francisco Bay Area. I thought maybe you know maybe in my 50s I would I would shift gears. Well, sometimes God has other plans, and if you if you if you're thoughtful and you're in you you're working on discernment and you're in prayer, it's it's uh, you need to listen to your intuition. So, I started teaching as an adjunct in 2010. Um, just I was teaching one or two classes a night. Oh wow. I was doing that for six years. In 2016, I'm finally going to answer your question. Did you take a $200,000 pay cut? Just so you know, I didn't didn't forget the question. (laughs) Um, uh, In 2016, I still had a full-time job, but the person that I reported to as an adjunct, that person left. And at first, I, I wasn't going to even apply for the job, even though the, I told the person, hey, your your job is my dream, my new dream job. When I was in college, my dream was to work in professional sports. I started working in professional sports, and, and you know, life can, you know, your, your goals can change. Sure, I
0: absolutely.
1: I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, and so later in life, I realized that I, I'd love to, you know, not just teach once or twice a year, I'd like to, you know, do it um, closer to full-time. Oh, so um, that opportunity presented itself, um, it was a $200,000 pay cut, as you said. My wife and I had to have several conversations about what that would mean. And luckily, we were taught to you know be financially conservative. And so we had money in the bank to kind of make ways, knowing that non-tenure track professors are encouraged to either start a company, do consulting, or write a book, et cetera. And I could try and figure that part out later. And so I decided to give it a go. And it was the best decision I ever made.
0: Oh, Isn't sure. And thank you. That is such a beautiful, heartfelt story. Very motivational for me and inspiring for the listeners as well. Now, you started this great social enterprise and and enterprise career launch. How did this get started?
1: So it was actually um, a result of teaching. So since 2010, since I started teaching as an adjunct, I've had every single student I've ever had in a class do an assignment where they have to do two career conversations with professionals they've never met at companies that are on companies or organizations that are on their top 10 list. So step one of the career launch method is make a top 10 list. And, um, and then uh, maybe we'll talk later about the steps of the method, but um, the, the results of doing this assignment, <laughs> students were not only building their social capital and increasing their social capital, meaning they were meeting people, um, and building relationships with people that were could be very helpful to their career, a lot of times those initial career conversations were turning into internships and jobs in the hidden job market, just like it did for me. Oh wow, and so twenty years ago, when I did it just off some advice from my professor, it was very haphazard. I was throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall. But the advantage of being a teacher over the last eleven years is that I've got to try a bunch of different things and create create a system, create a formula, create a method. Um, that has eight steps and a bunch of micro steps so even introverts even students with imposter syndrome, who really are apprehensive it even for those students for students who have those concerns, it makes it easy to execute and and so um, yeah so for since 2010 I've always taught this class and and as a result, the woman who runs the first generation student program at my university she's like Sean I, I don't know what the heck you're doing in this business class over there. But can you design and teach a class similar to get similar results for our first gen students? And I said, yes, because that, oh, is biggest, wow. that is the biggest compliment you can get for being a teacher is will you design and teach a class? Two years after teaching that class, she said, Sean, you're on something here. You need to bring this to the world. And so with her encouragement and because I teach at a, you know, Jesuit school in Silicon Valley, we have an entrepreneurship program at our university. The school invested $10,000 and gave us a
0: bunch of mentorship to start the social enterprise. Oh, awesome. Absolutely awesome. And as a follow-up, what a great story. What are the specific mission and goals of Career Launch? I know you've talked a little bit about it, but maybe you can peel the onion a little bit more, please, Sean. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Our
1: mission is to
0: um,
1: help our partners scale the impact of teaching students how to create relationships with professionals to earn the jobs and internships they want, especially for students with few to no employment connections.
0: Wow. Oh, so very much needed today, no doubt about it. Now, if I perceive correctly, you believe there are several misconceptions of students about what it takes to get an internship or a job. But if it's okay with you, we're going to explore a couple of these. You state one misconception is GPA is everything. Now I work in an academic setting. Uh, Sean, are you kidding me? Isn't GPA everything? Uh, for some, for
1: some, there are there are employers where GPA matters, and and there's a there's it's black and white. If you don't have a certain GPA, you can't be considered. That it there are some career paths and some jobs and some job functions where that is true but so many of my students think that's true for a hundred percent of the jobs and 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 it's certainly not i don't know the exact percentage i've never seen a statistic about the exact percentage breakdown but but a lot of jobs gpa is it's a factor but a lot of times it's not a key factor and so when it comes to career search and job search and internship search um thinking about how you can present yourself as a candidate, you don't have to come from a deficit mindset if you if your GPA is not as high as you would like it to be.
0: That is such great advice, certainly, because there are some students who can get 3.5s and three eighths, but there are others who, who can't. But that doesn't mean they're any less qualified to make a great contribution for the right employer, no doubt about it. Now, you claim another misconception is applying to jobs online or via career fairs. Are they really only ways to land internships or jobs? Tell us more about this, please. Yeah, well, I, this is just uh, hearing it from the students, malice themselves
1: over the last 11 years is, um, they, a lot of students think that career fairs and any info sessions maybe that were where employers come to campus or you know in these days it's virtual but any of any events put on by the 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 university and and or the career center plus any jobs available on online job boards excluding ones externally that and and, you know talking to parents and maybe some professors that is that is everything that's that that is how you job search and um I just want to let students know that that's that's short sighted. And well, and but but it's not short sighted because the students short sighted. It's just because a lot of students have never been taught that it's OK to in addition to being what I call being reactive, which is responding to a job ad, responding to there's a career fair, responding to a coffee chat or an info session. I would consider that's all reactive. The world put these things out there um, and then you're reacting to what the what these employers put out there or your career center puts out there. In addition to being reactive, every, every student should also be proactive. Um, and then, and that's where it goes to like step one should be, okay, well, if life was free and I could, I could, I could earn it, earn it, you know, earn an income to do anything I, I wanted at any company, who would be the top 10 organizations that I'd want to work for? Or maybe I'd want to be an entrepreneur. Well, if I want to be an entrepreneur, who would be other entrepreneurs that are, who've had success in, in the same industry that I'm thinking to get in? And let's identify those people. And then so the beautiful thing that uh, happens, Brother Greg, is that when, when we're intentional, it's like I, I call it in the book, I call it job search gravity. Good things happen when we're intentional about pursuing the, the jobs and organizations that we want. Good things start to happen. Um, and so I just encourage students. We put a lot of time and money into our education. And so sure now that you've heard, you're listening to this, don't sell yourself short. Cause the first thing higher ed education needs to do is, is just let students give students permission to be proactive. Cause students don't know what they don't know. That's not their fault. It's our obligation as higher ed leaders to let them know that they should also be proactive. And then once the student realizes that,
0: and now that they're hearing it today, now it's
1: on them to start taking action.
0: We here on Thank God for Monday, we're hearing a little bit more and a little bit more each week, it seems, about intentionality. Peel the onion for us, Sean, please. What is really this all about? Yeah, it's being thoughtful. Um, you know,
1: setting goals in different ways. There are goal setting exercises. They're setting, you know, yearly goals. And I encourage listeners and students of mine, When they do goal setting to set quarterly goals and then not just set quarterly goals haphazardly, but be really thoughtful. So in the book, I, I talk about the seven pillars of life. So you may have three pillars, you may have 13 pillars, you may have 23 pillars. For me, I have seven. It's family and friends, it's career, it's spirituality, it's health, it's contribution to society, it's lifestyle, uh and family and friends. Those are those are my seven pillars. So wow. uh, um, I try to be going back to your question about intentionality. I try and set, you know, my wife and I, and, and even with our children now, we, we try and set goals related to all seven pillars of life.
0: Wow. Oh, that's tremendous. You talked before about being proactive. Oh, that's being incredibly proactive, certainly. Now, one of the things I had to get a chuckle out of this, I hope you don't mind, Sean. You boldly refute that one's first job does not determine long-term career success. Why do you believe such? <laughs> well, I have a friend named Zach. Zach graduated college
1: from the same college as I did. Um, the same, well, one year after me, his first job out of college was stocking shelves at a CVS. Oh, my he had a, a degree from a great public university, you know, top twenty, top top fifty university, in, 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 in top, probably top top fifty university in the country. And his first job was stocking shelves. Wow! Um, so, and, and I use that one example, but I I know lots of other folks who who started somewhere. And oh, now no, you know what Zach does now? He's a he's a he's a level eight executive at Google. Oh,
0: oh my goodness. <laughs> So he went from stocking shelves at CVS to a level eight executive at Google. Oh. You're on record as saying that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Expound on this for us, please.
1: Sure. And, 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 and students, uh, some students struggle with this more than others. Um, so folks who have success, anyone who has success in life, doesn't have success in, in a silo, all, all, all in a vacuum, all by themselves. People have success uh, because they were recommended for promotion. I mean, they, you know, success has to be earned. But um, relationships play a lot in, in, into people's success. And um, to, to a degree, different degree for, for some versus others. But when it comes to a student, you know, we talk about it in the book, the concept of playing the student card. And that just means the f- fact that you're a student is an asset, it's a benefit. Um, society likes to help students more than they like to help non-students. Just the fact that you're a student will get you in the door in places. And um, and there's nothing wrong with getting your foot in the door by reaching out and playing the student card and having that person then recommend you to an interview. Um, so the alternative would be, You don't have you don't ask someone for help, and you just have to utilize online job boards and career fairs and such. So if you can find a job that you really want by those other traditional methods, the reactive methods, great. There's no problem with that. (laughs) I I have another friend who also wanted to be in professional sports. He's an executive right now with the Oakland Raiders. He's been there for 22 years, and he got that from applying to an internship. On an online job board, he was lucky. He was like, Oh, wow. One out of, you know, thousands of applicants. So you could play those odds, but there is nothing wrong with utilizing, you know, not maybe that makes people uncomfortable. I even hesitated about, I was about to say the word utilizing other people. Utilizing may have a negative connotation for some time, but building relationships with creating relationships with other people. Um, as long as. You are respectful of the person's time and you're prepared um, and it, professionals want to help. Just think about this real quick. All you students out there, imagine yourself 20 years from now. You have the job that you want. You're happy about your life and your career. And one day you're, you're on your laptop or your phone and you're checking your email and there's a uh, an email subject line that says, uh, Seton Hall. That's all it says, because we're very strategic on how we craft these emails. Um, you're probably going to open that if, if if you're a Seton Hall alum. Sure. Um, and so you don't put Seton Hall coffee chat or Seton Hall student uh, want to meet. You just put the word Seton Hall. And we don't have time today to get into all the reasons why, but just trust me. Um, but then in your email, or in this email that you're receiving 20 years from now. A student flatters you because they, they looked you up online and, and they say they notice some things. They say I'm also interested in this. Um, could could I have 20 minutes for a career conversation? And then in your in your email signature, you have your name, your major, your university, and then a link to your URL. So that way, the person can click on that to verify that you are who you say you are because they've never met you, right? You not you need to sure. give them. A so imagine yourself. You're you're 20 years from now. You get this email from a student, from a Seton Hall student, and they're asking for 20
0: minutes. Would you say yes? Absolutely. You know, yeah, this is so that's
1: fascinating. That's, that's, and brother Greg, that when we talk about that in the book and in, in, when I teach in class, that's a lot of times that's the aha moment. The student goes, Oh, I get it. Yeah. W- yes. I, 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 it's not being totally selfish. Yes. I am limiting myself if I don't create relationships. And it's okay for other people to help me because you know what? I get it. The world is cyclical. Um, What goes around comes around. When I'm older and someone reaches out to me, I'll take my turn and I will pay it
0: forward to the future generation. This is so fascinating because not only in Seton Hall, where I'm the proud alum from 85, but also my ministry is at St. Francis College, a small Franciscan school in Brooklyn, New York. We talk about this all the time. The alumni love, love, love when students reach out to them and they bend over backwards. And as you said, this whole concept of when they were students, somebody, the alum were helping and it's just a matter of paying it forward. And at both Seton Hall and St. Francis, we literally have traditions that are over 160 years at each school of (laughs) alumni helping students. (laughs) Now I have to tell you, Sean, When we saw your book, and again, my role here at St. Francis College in the Career Center and host of this show, the subtitle of your book, How Any Student Can Create Relationships with Professionals and Land the Jobs and Internships They Want, I was skeptical. I really was. Learning more about the career launch method, you've certainly sold me, but can you peel the onion some more, please? Tell us why this career launch method truly works for any student, whether they're from community college, four-year university, whatever their social economic background, or even their personality type. You mentioned this before, introvert, extrovert. Share with us more, please. Yeah. So I, going back to
1: that, that plane flight to Korea and, and my, the dean saying, Hey, how would you like to teach? Um, I just had this hypothesis that, the reason I was successful wasn't because the color of my skin or my gender. Um, I, I had this belief that professionals like helping students, um, and they, especially ones that are proactive and are, and are doing things that other students aren't doing. And so I had, I've, you know, I had 11 years to test that hypothesis. And I've, so I've seen at my own university students of you know any major in any college within the university. Um, but then as the social enterprise. Um, Has grown, And we have relationships with colleges, two-year schools and four-year schools across the country. We've seen that it's not geographic. You know, obviously, I teach at a school in
0: Silicon Valley. So one can make the argument, well, you know, there's built-in benefits. (laughs) A
1: lot of employments, right?
0: We've saved, Sean, the most important question for last. From where can our loyal listeners purchase Launch Your Career? And how can they best follow you, please? Oh, thank you so much. Um, Amazon,
1: Barnes & Noble, Every Major Retailer, Launch Your Career, How Any Student Can Create professional Relationships with Professionals and Land the Internships and Jobs They Want. That's the book. Um, the assessment can be found at careerlaunchassessment.com. Anyone in higher ed that's interested in partnering with our social enterprise, the website is www.careerlaunch.academy, not .com, .academy, www.careerlaunch.academy. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Sean uh, O'Keefe, linkedin.com forward slash N forward slash Sean, S-E-A-N O'Keefe, O-K-E-E-F-E.
0: Wonderful. Listeners, do yourselves a big favor. Pick up this great book, Launch Your Career, how any student can create relationships with professionals and land the jobs and internships they want. Buy one or a couple of copies for children, grandchildren, this book will transform lives. And you know that I'm a terrible reader. I've sure shared that often with you. I've read this. This is an easy book, but it's an enlightening and it's a very inspiring book. So uh and also once you're done following Sean and picking up this great book, follow us, please. We're on the tweet, tweet, Facebook, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Please continue your questions, comments, uh, ideas for guests. We'd love to hear from you as well. Sean O'Keefe, thank you, thank you, thank you. What an amazing discussion this has been. Uh, you are truly a role model of Hazard's at Forward, the Seton Hall model advanced despite difficulties. Your life uh, you so enlightening to us, yes, but inspiring. We've been greatly inspired today. Thank you. We wish you continued joy, a great success, happiness, and contribution uh, with this incredible method that you've come up with. And I'm sure your students are very, very lucky indeed. So thanks again for being a great part of Thank God for Monday this week. Thank you, Brother Greg. It was a pleasure. All the best to you and all your listeners. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're at a time, Brother Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Sean O'Keefe does, you'll say, Thank God for Monday.